Last week I was down at a funeral in Oklahoma City uh, for a, a cousin-in-law of mine who had passed recently. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about some of what transpired while we were there. But, but I noticed um, as I was down there last week and I'm hanging out with my brothers and my parents and there's no kids around except for one grandbaby because he was just born and we were staying at the house where he lives. So it was kind of couldn't really kick him out of that one. Uh, he's like a month, month and a half old, something like that, born just before Christmas. So he was there, but other than that, it was just those of us who grew up in the same home uh, for years and years. And as I was sitting there and I was looking around, I'm you know, looking at my oldest brother, I'm looking at all the ones in between him and my youngest brother, I'm looking at my parents, and the, the realization that I was really starting to notice more and more at Christmas this year just became even more pronounced when I realized, man, I really don't look a lot like my brothers. Like there is a pretty, now people say that like physical appearance, like in the face, I look a lot like my oldest brother and we even sound a little bit the same on the phone, but, but I started to realize actually be some truth to this whole difference of I'm the first millennial born in my family. Like before me, they were all Gen Xers and then I came like right after that break and and I started to realize I'm the only one who kind of dresses like, and, and so, it, so this is when it really hit home. I come downstairs, getting ready to go to the funeral that day, and due to my wife's influence, like she went through my wardrobe as far as this is what you need to wear to the funeral, for the first time in my life at this funeral, I wore a cardigan. And so I come down the stairs, like, I, I think that's what it's called if a guy wears it still. I don't know. There, there might be a different name. I don't know. It's not like a Taylor Swift cardigan. It was a guy's cardigan. Um, but anyway, I come down the stairs, and I come around the corner, and the first words I hear out of anybody's mouth, well, good morning, Mr. Rogers. Like, first thing I heard from anyone. It was, a, it was my second oldest brother. Well, good morning, Mr. Rogers. And so while we're there, um, they pointed out that my socks are different than their socks, uh, my, my shoes are different than their shoes. My jeans are different than their jeans. And at Christmas time, we were sitting around and we were having conversations. And one of my brothers is a, I think they call it a life coach in the Enneagram. So he's studied a lot of the, the different numbers and, you know, kind of all that kind of stuff. But we were talking about what our numbers were and all that. And I said, you know, I read through the book that was written on this stuff, and, uh, and it talks about what you were like as a kid if you're this number, and what you were like as a kid when you were this number, and, and like that would, like they didn't get that at all for me. Like the number that I am now, that wasn't my childhood at all. I was, you know, I wasn't the outgoing person, I wasn't the, you know, everybody needs to look at me, and my brother looks at me and he goes, Justin, that's exactly who you were growing up. Why do you think we all told you that you were adopted? Like you were so much different than all of us. And, and I still am. And I, I think it's in a good way. Uh, I think the ribbing that has increased over the years has been in a good, because I'll admit, like my appearance has been influenced by the teenagers that I hung out with for the past 12 to 15 years. So, so there's some of that going on there. And really, we're all a little bit different. We all have our differences uh, and we like to point those out in each other, but They've really, for over the past few times we've been together, I've noticed they really enjoy this whole pointing out how different I am than everybody else. And I'm, I'm hoping that they're saying it nicely, but I, I really don't know for sure. 
But as, a, as we've been walking through 2 Corinthians chapter 5 over the last couple of weeks, and as we're looking at this morning, that's exactly, though, who we are called to be as Christ followers. Like, our DNA as a Christ follower is to be the oddball in the group that we're hanging out with. It's to be the person that people look at us and they're like, there is something different about you. Now, not necessarily in the way we dress. You don't always have to wear the, you know, that first week I had the taco shirt, let's talk about Jesus. And it's not that you always have to wear things like that. And it's not that they're going to watch you walk and they're going to be like, hmm, his, his step lands just a little bit different. There must be, he must be a Christ follower. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. You're the oddball who sticks out. But, but this morning, I want us to dive into this 2 Corinthians chapter 5 passage that we've been looking at with a little bit of this idea of there is something different about us. You know, a couple weeks ago, we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we saw that there was a need for restoration. And we, we took a little journey as to why we need this restoration. What is it? And we, and we discovered that it's the sin, it's the, you know, us making ourselves Lord over our own lives instead of allowing him to be Lord over our life. We need restored. And last week, when I was gone, we took a little journey into how this restoration came about and, and what that looks like for us, that he actually restored us back to or is in the process of restoring us back to the original masterpiece that he intended for us to be, that he created us as, that he sees underneath all the flaws that we look at when we look at ourselves. And so this week... I want us to look at, okay, so that's why we needed restoration, and that's how we got restoration, and that's what kind of what it looks like. But what do we do now? Like, what's our purpose now? So if you'll open to 2 Corinthians 5, if you have your Bibles with you, it's also on the screen. You might want to write it down in your notes so you can read through it later. We're going to read through this passage one more time. I mean, we'll revisit it over the year, but one more time for maybe a little while. It says, starting in verse 11, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No. We're giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, but how differently we view him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, the new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling, or we've been using the word restoring, the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's what? It's up there. Read it out loud. 
We are Christ's ambassadors. Hold on to that. If you're taking notes, write that word down. We're going to touch on that one a lot this morning. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Back up to verse again, it says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. Now I decided this week to take a little dive into the discovery of what exactly is an ambassador. Like I, I have some understanding of what it is, um, but I was just wondering like what's the actual definition for this? And eventually I found my way to Wikipedia, the ultimate source for all information on the internet. I made my way over there and it gave the seven steps to becoming an ambassador of the United States of America. And as I read through it, I realized, wow, this is really a Wikipedia article. So I'm not going to walk you through what it said on there. But to be an ambassador means that you are paid to promote a certain individual or a certain product or a company. You are paid to promote someone or something. So there are, you know, we used to just call it sponsorships, but, but there's these people called brand ambassadors. You know, athletes are brand ambassadors. They talk about building their own brand, but they also, um, they promote other brands. If you are a, an ambassador, a brand ambassador for Nike, then you are not allowed to wear Adidas clothing or Adidas shoes. And if you are caught wearing Adidas and you are a brand ambassador for Nike, you can either be fined, you can be reprimanded, or you could just be dropped, which in the case of a professional athlete means millions of dollars could be lost. You know, I've actually, I've read articles, because I, I, I do, I love sports, but I've read these really pointless articles that mean nothing for my life, but about people who have gone on and they've, you know, gotten done with a big game and they're being interviewed and they're, they're brand ambassador for Gatorade, which means they get paid by Gatorade to promote that product, and they go on this interview and there's a, an all-sport, if they even, I don't know if they still make all-sport, but back in the day, they, they would have this all-sport sitting there, and they would take a sip of the all-sport because they're thirsty. I mean, it makes sense. It's there. It tastes all right. They take a sip of it, and some of them actually got dropped by Gatorade because they took that sip of all-sport while they were in the interview because they were paid to promote Gatorade, and by doing that, by participating in the consumption of that all-sport, they were showing people that all-sport is just as good as Gatorade at doing the job that it's intended to do. And so they actually would get dropped. They would lose millions of dollars over this. If you are an ambassador to the United States of America, to, we'll say, the country of Bahrain, because it's, it's fun to say, I don't know. You are an ambassador of the United States, and you're in Bahrain. You are not there to look out, and this sounds harsh, but your number one job is not to look out for the best interests of Bahrain. Now, that's not to say that you tear them down. That's not to say that you don't care about the people who live there. But your number one job is to promote the best interest of the United States of America. Because you are a United States ambassador. That's your role. And if you go there and you forget that role, then you will lose your post as an ambassador of the United States of America. If you decide that I would rather be a citizen of Bahrain instead of the United States, now if I'm wrong on all this, please feel free to correct me later, but this is my understanding into the deep dive into Wikipedia and other sources. You will lose your post as an ambassador of the United States of America. 
we are called to be, if we have decided to follow Christ, if we have believed him, if we have accepted the gift that he's given us, the payment that he's given us, his life, then we are called to be ambassadors of Christ. Paul said it to the church in Corinth all those years ago that you are Christ's ambassadors, which means when we live in this world, we, are, we aren't made to just blend in to everything around us, but we are actually made to stick out. When people look at us, they should see that there's something different. Or maybe over the years as you've attended church or you've been in conversations with, with Christians, you've heard it said this way, that, that we are supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Now that's not actually a direct quote from Scripture, but it's a pretty good summary of several things that Jesus said. If, uh, if you've got your Bibles and you want to open up to John 15 and then put your finger in just a couple pages later into John 17, Jesus in verse 19 of John 15, he's talking to his followers and he says this. He says, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. He chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. And that's, that's not a real comfortable job description. I'm not going to lie. Like to, to read that and be like, okay, so if I'm going to follow Christ, I'm going to be an ambassador of Christ, I'm going to be hated? Like, sign me up. That sounds awesome. I love that. But it's, sometimes the truth is uncomfortable. And at least he's being honest with us up front as to what it's going to be like. going to be his ambassador. And uh, just a page over for many of your Bibles, but a couple chapters over in, verse, or in chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 14. At this point, Jesus is actually praying to his Father. But he's praying for his followers. He's praying for us. He says, I have given them, meaning us, your word. Talking to God. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. As an ambassador of Christ, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Something looks different about us. This, over the years of working with teens, I don't know how many times I've had this conversation, I've been asked the questions, and, and if you're a parent of a teen or a preteen, you've probably had this question asked at some point, why can't I? And then you can fill in the blank there. Why can't I watch all the movies that my friends are watching? Why can't I listen to the same music that my friends are listening to? Why can't I talk like they do? Why can't I play those video games? Why can't I, like this, why do we have to be so different than everybody else all around us? I think during those, those teenage years, during those youth years, so far in my experience, which I hope that I have a lot of life ahead of me, and so maybe I'm gonna find out that I'm wrong on this, but so far for me, that's been the hardest time to do this. Because there are so many things being thrown at our teenagers. As far as do this, listen to this, watch this, be like this. So much of the advertising that is done today is to teens or kids trying to tell them this is how you should behave, this is what you should do. 
And over the years working with teens, I kind of, I started to change the way that I communicated this because truthfully, just to say you've got to, I don't know, you just have to be different. You just have to do something different. I'm sorry, I know it's hard, but you just got to do it. I realized that this is less about our behavior and it's so much more about our identity. You know, those teenage years are a time in our lives where we're really trying to discover who are we in this world? Who am I? Who am I going to identify with? Who am I going to jump in with? And so to, to really stop and dig into what it means to be an ambassador of Christ, what it means to follow him, what it means to promote him and his good news everywhere that we go, we have to kind of take a step back sometimes, I think, and stop looking at just the behavior and instead look at who we are. And who we are is not a representative for culture. Who we are is a representative for Jesus Christ. And it's not just for the teens. I mean, it, it, I know now in my occupation, it's pretty easy to go to work and have a conversation about Jesus. In fact, if I didn't go to work and have a conversation about Jesus, you all would probably not want me to stay around here very long. But for many of you, the places that you go to work or the places that, you know, maybe you're, you're sitting down with people at a coffee shop or whatever it might be, it's a, it's a little bit more difficult many times to have those conversations to be that representative for Christ because you're going to feel different than everybody else when your identity is wrapped up in someone or something else. For years, I trained our volunteers uh, in, the, in the youth area. I trained them that, you know, there are going to be things that in order to, to dig into the culture of these students, you're going to have to expose yourself to some things that you might not enjoy or that maybe you wouldn't otherwise expose yourself to. Because you need to understand the culture that you're in, but you can't allow yourself to be wrapped up in that stuff that you're exposing. And what I mean by that is I would train our, our leaders that sometimes you might need to watch a movie that you find absolutely no enjoyment in. And I have watched a lot of those kinds of movies over the years. Sometimes you might have to listen to some music that makes you just want to just rip your eardrums out of your head. Because you're, you work with students who are enjoying that music and who are listening to that music. Sometimes you need to jump into their world so that you can have a conversation about what that world really looks like. I would tell them that, that you might need to watch this movie just so you can actually have a conversation with them about it beyond that you shouldn't watch that. And they sit there and they go, but it was so funny. Nope, you shouldn't watch it. But there was this line, and nope, you shouldn't watch it because that's not gonna get through to people. But if you can sit there and you can say, well, you're right, that part was funny, but what did you think about this part over here? You know, Paul did the exact same thing when he went into Athens. As you read the, the journey that Paul takes, he walks into Athens and he exposes himself to all of the different gods that they worshipped. And he understood who these gods were and what they stood for. And so he had, a, he had a conversation with them that we see some of it recorded, that he has this conversation with these people about these gods that they would follow. And then he says, but now let me tell you about this one over here that you call the unnamed god." Let me tell you about him. See, he understood their culture so that he could then represent Christ over here. Culty comes when we get to the point that we find we actually truly enjoy that culture. 
And that's the part that I would constantly warn my leaders about, is that it is so easy to expose yourself to the show or the, or the movie or whatever. And now, again, there are some that you just should not, there's, there's no redeeming it whatsoever. Fifty Shades of Grey, there is no reason for you to watch. I think you can have a pretty good conversation with somebody about why you shouldn't watch that movie without watching that movie. But there are others that you might need to have a conversation about and you might need to understand it a little bit more. But I would warn the leaders that if you get to the point where you realize, I'm not watching this to understand teen culture anymore. I'm watching this because I just enjoy it. You have to be careful that you yourself are not getting sucked into the culture and becoming a part of the world that we are called to live in, but not be. First John 2.15, we come across these words where it says, do not love this world, nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Now, he's not saying that you shouldn't love the people who are in the world, and he's not saying that you shouldn't love the planet and you shouldn't take care of the planet. He's saying when you get to the point that your love for the things of this world are greater than your love for the Father, then his love is no longer in you. And you have now been sucked in and become part of it. Romans 12, too, is a passage that we come across so many times. But Paul writes to the church in Rome, he says, don't, don't copy the behavior. Don't copy the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. But if you allow yourself just to become like everybody around you, you are no longer the ambassador for Christ. You are just an ambassador for the people that you're supposed to be promoting him to. It, it's, it's easy. I get it. It is easy to fall into that trap. See, I think this whole idea of, of in the world but not of the world comes down to two different words. It comes down to location and it comes down to information. Location and information. When we are called to be in the world, it is all about our point of location that we're in. You know, and it, it might not be a safe place. God told us over and over again through scripture, he's told us over and over again through people that we might be called to be in places that aren't safe for us. And I don't just mean not safe for us physically, but there's gonna be attacks on our mental uh, stability. There's going to be attacks on our emotions. There's going to be attacks on our spiritual life. They're not safe places that we're called into, but that still doesn't mean that we just get rid of that location. You know, if you, you can't be an ambassador for the United States of America if you are not actually in a place where you're promoting the United States of America. You've got to be out in the culture, in the world that you're promoting it to. But to not be of the world is about our source of information. And so often, our source of information for truth, our source of information for what we believe, comes from the 24-hour news media cycle that we are just bombarded with every day. And if it doesn't come from there, so often the next source is social media where other people have read the 24-hour news cycle and they've posted it so that we can all get on there and we can talk about it. Sorts of crazy stuff that isn't even close to being true. But our source of information 
is so much more important than our location when it comes to being an ambassador. Because we have to be bringing in the correct stuff. You know, Jay Warner Wallace, and a, a, poly, a, a former or still kind of sort of current um, cold case detective, I've talked about him in here before, now he's an apologetic um, in the apologetics world. He said this, and if you were on my Facebook page this week, you saw me post this. He says, I'm less concerned with my point of location than I am with my source of information. See, we're going to be surrounded by all sorts of different beliefs, all sorts of hostile ideological uh, environments. We're going to be surrounded by people with different morals, with different ethics, with different beliefs. We can't get away from that. You can't be an ambassador if you leave the place you're called to, if you leave the place you're posted. But we have to consider what are we putting in. Some of that comes back to those behaviors that we talked about earlier. But it also just comes back to where are we going for our information. You know, we should be able to, to hear negative things without only spreading negative things afterwards because we put other things in our head with it. You know, we're actually supposed to be the bearers of good news, the bearer of the bad news. And so often, and this, this might get a little uncomfortable. This is one of those times where you might want to start praying for my wife a little bit extra. Um, but so often I get on people's Facebook posts or Facebook pages from this church even sometimes. And all I see bad news, negativity, nothing good. The world's coming to an end. Biden's the worst in the world. You know, that inauguration address was absolutely horrible. The COVID, you know, all that stuff, it's all fake anyway. You know, if you're wearing a mask, you're full of fear. If you're not wearing a mask, you're hateful. It's, it's all I see is just all this negative, just hateful stuff. And sometimes... I kind of, I reach out and I, I say something to people about, man, like you realize that's all that's on your page and say, well, well, it's the, the word's got to get out there. It's the truth. And, and I just, I wonder, so if you don't post this, does that mean that people just aren't going to hear it? Like, are you the only person that can communicate that? Because the number of people that can communicate all the negative information that we have in our world is actually a lot larger than the number of people who have said, I will be Christ's ambassador and I will promote the good news. And if we don't do our job, and yes, I mean our job as promoting the good news of Jesus Christ, then who's going to do it? Now that's not to say that we shouldn't ever have a conversation about some of the hard things that are going on in our world. I believe we should. I believe that we need to have real conversations about politics. I believe we need to have real conversations about all the stuff that's been going on over the course of the past year. I believe that we need to have conversations about the hard things that are going to come up in 21 and 22 and beyond. I think we have to talk about those things. But what are we talking about more and how are we talking about those things? Are we doing it in a way that actually represents Christ and that actually shares the good news? Because I know, you know, going back to how I would talk to those teens, if I would just say, don't watch it because it's bad, that didn't get the point across. But if I could say, don't watch it because of this, and I walked through it with them, but instead, hey, what if you watch this, or you listen to this, or, or what about this message? Or, you know, how much different would it be 
if our conversations around all the negative things in our world actually led back to a reason for hope and a reason for peace in the midst of all the negative things that go on in our world. How much different would that be if we took our role as Christ's ambassadors seriously? On, a, on our Facebook page, on the church Facebook page this week, we posted a question, and it was, it was somewhat rhetorical, but somewhat hoping people would do it. Um, I did, we, we posted the question on there of, you know, social media is full of bad news, but what good news can you spread today? And I think it had 100-some-plus views on it or something like that. It might have grown since I looked at it. I don't know. But not a single response to it. But I'm fairly certain that if I got on social media and I said, what do you think about the inauguration, I would have gotten some responses. And some of them would have been negative, and some of them would have been positive, and, and we would have had a, this nice long conversation going on there. Now, I understand that most of you probably read that and thought that's a rhetorical question, and so I'm letting you off the hook on that one. But how much easier is it to get into these conversations on social media or in person when they're all around the negative stuff that we can jump all over than it is to actually just be like, you know what, I've actually got some good news to share. I, was, uh, I, I decided to take my own advice that I'm giving you right now seriously this week because on Thursday, I think it was, I should have figured that out between services because I said the same thing last time. On, I think it was on Thursday, we celebrated 102 days of school at South Knox. And so, you know, Tegan, she's dressed up in, uh, in all black and white because her class was getting ready to watch 102 Dalmatians that day. And I posted the picture of my girls getting ready to go to school. And, and I just said something about how thankful I was as a parent. Now, I said, Tegan's excited because she gets to watch a movie. I'm excited because my kids have been in the building for 102 days this year. And that, around our nation right now, is an incredible accomplishment. And I think that our school district should be applauded for it. I think we should celebrate that. And I think we should spread things like that. Now, my sister-in-law, who lives out in Portland, she might have felt a little bit like I was rubbing that in her face because they haven't been in school since March of last year. And they won't go back until at least March of this year. But she was, in the midst of that, happy for us that we've been able to go this entire year. Like, how often do you intentionally go, you know, I could, I could even, in that post, put a little dig into other, other schools just to get in that little bit of negativity there. But instead, I just said, no, I'm going to just approach this from the good aspect of it. Of Our kids have been in school for 102 days, and I am so thankful for the work that the school has done to make sure that's happened. I want to challenge you guys. I've got, I've got three different challenges for you, and one of them is similar to that one. You can choose your challenge. You can write it down. You can think on it. You can figure out which one you want right now. You can ignore all of them, obviously. I, I can't force you to take any of them. But I would encourage you to take one, two, or all three of these this week. The first challenge that I want to give you is to take stock, you know, be honest. How much time do I spend ingesting news? Whether that's news through Fox News, CNN, Newsmax, Washington Post, um, social media news, because we know how reliable that is. Um, you know, how much time do I spend ingesting news? And then what my challenge is for you this week is to cut that in half. For some of you, that's going to be like, man, I spend like six hours a day just sitting there and reading all of this stuff. 
And so you're gonna cut it and you're gonna cut that down to three hours. Other you're like, I don't know, it's like 60 seconds, so I guess I'm gonna cut 30 seconds of my, my day off. But it's not just that I want you to cut it in half, it's that I want you to replace it. Because it, it is staggering how high the number is of the number of people who profess to follow Christ and yet say they have never read the entire Bible. Now, it's not a guilt trip or anything. It's just, it's reality. It is what it is. But what if we decided that we're going to cut that intake in half and we're going to instead ingest this thing that we call the good news that we say that we believe every word of it, but we don't actually know what every word is. And so that's my first challenge to you, is to cut your news cycle in half and replace it with the good news instead. Do it for a week, do it for a month, however you wanna accept that challenge. My second challenge to you is a social media challenge. And this challenge goes along with what I did with the school. It's, it's for the next week or the next month, whatever you wanna take it as, whichever one you can be like right now this morning, like, okay, I can handle that. The other one, that makes me cringe, but I can at least handle that much. Is to, for the next week or month, say, I'm only posting good news. I'm only posting positive things. It's not that the other stuff doesn't exist. It's just that we need to get good news out there. And I would encourage you, obviously, to have some of that good news at least be the share that with people and to get that word out there and to not be pulled into some of the other conversations that go on on Facebook. And when, you, when I say share the good news, I don't mean share the really controversial good news that you know will get other people riled up because they disagree with you, but actual good news that people will read and be like, wow, that's awesome. It's gonna, it's gonna force some of us to really stop and think about what it is that we post. My third one is the entertainment challenge. And that's to stop and look at what do you entertain yourself with? Is it movies, TV, books, music, whatever it is. And to really stop and ask, and for some of you it's gonna be a, yeah, this is, that's no problem. Just really stop and ask, is this God honoring? Is this promoting Christ? Is this being a good ambassador for Christ? And if the answer is no, my challenge to you is to cut it in half. I, I mean, my real challenge would be to just cut it out, but to cut it in half and to replace it with something that you know would be God-honoring. For some people, like I said, this is gonna be easy, and you're gonna be like, I can do all three of those, and it's only gonna change about a minute and a half of my week. But for others, it's gonna be a lot more difficult than that. You know, the truth is never a moment where we get time off, where we can put in some personal time and say, I'm not an ambassador of Christ right now. If you are staying at home and you're not able to get out right now, you are not given a pass over being an ambassador for Christ. Now there are some people that I believe need to be at home for health issues. There are some people who are at home who they could probably get out, but whatever it is, we do not get a break. And if we have decided that because I'm home, I don't need to spread the good news because it's not safe for me to be out or whatever it is, then it's time to get out. Because God never told us that we would be safe, but he did tell us that our mission all the time is to be his ambassador. 
And for those of us who are out and about, we don't get time off from being an ambassador when we go to work. We don't get time off from being an ambassador when we go to Walmart. We don't get time off from being an ambassador when the person cuts us off on the road and we want to give them the middle finger. We don't get time off from being an ambassador for Christ. Wherever we are, and whatever our circumstances are, we are called to be Christ ambassadors in that. Um, as, we, uh, as we sing one more song this morning, what I wanna invite you to do is I wanna invite you to actually to, to spend some time thinking about those challenges. Because I don't want you to leave here this morning and forget what they were. I don't want you to leave here this morning and be like, huh, it seems like he said something. Eh, it's fine, don't worry about it. My hope is that as you leave here this morning, you will have committed to one of those things. And my hope that as you leave here this morning, you will actually tell somebody else which one you decided to commit to so that they can help hold you accountable to that. When I was at the funeral last week, um, my cousin-in-law was an incredible musician, an incredible vocalist, um, and I mean, he had recorded CDs that were all the way from like heavy metal type of music. Uh, I think the name of that band was Sever Chain, a uh, Christian heavy metal band that he was a part of for a little bit, all the way to like southern gospel classical uh, types of music. So just wide gamut. He just, he loved music. But one of the things uh, that, that I heard repeatedly people say, and that it was my experience with him as well, is that the conversations that you had with him so often, if not almost every time, he would bring them back around to one of two things, either his family or Jesus, whatever the conversation was. And if he could use music to do it, great. But at, a, at one point when they were showing the, the life video that they show at funerals, uh, they played his music underneath it. So it was him singing all the way through. And he began to sing some words to an old hymn that the, uh, the first verse to this, uh, to this hymn says, whether I live or die, whether I wake or sleep, whether upon the land or in the stormy deep, I won't be, or I will stand confident for all my fears have been eclipsed by the Father's love. I won't be afraid, I won't be afraid for I am, and here's the identity part, I am the Lord's. I know. Whatever our location that he has called us into, whatever fears may come with it, whatever dangers may come with it in the stormy deeps, if we find identity in our source of information from him, then we can stand and we can continue to be his ambassadors. So again, I encourage you, spend some time praying. What's your challenge gonna be this week?
Thank you for not just telling us that this is what it takes, but we thank you for setting the example of what it takes. God, we thank you for restoring us. We thank you for taking these creatures that, that had such great intentions, but that instead decided to try and do things their way, decided to just try and blend in with the world around it and fight back against its creator. That when we see so much damage, when we see so many problems, that you see a masterpiece that's ready to be restored. God, I pray that you would give us the strength this week. That as we go through our week, that that's our role, is to spread that news to other people. Not just to sit there and tell them they have to do different things. Not just to sit there and tell them to clean up their acts. But to actually tell them about the different way to live. Actually show them why it's better. God, thank you. Thank you for giving your life for us. Amen. So this week, again, I encourage you to take one of those challenges. Whichever one it is, but before you leave here today, turn to somebody and tell them, this is the challenge that I took. Might be a spouse, might be a parent, might be your kid. And say, I want you to hold me accountable to this this week or this month. And let's just see what kind of difference happens when we decide to take very seriously the role of being Christ's ambassador and spreading that good news and promoting that good news instead of all the other news that's around us. Have a great week.